Well, Marshall, it's a beautiful day outside. Sun is shining. Uh-huh. Weather's clear. Uh-huh. 150,000 people just got infected with COVID-19. <laughs> and Christ. democracy is crumbling at, at our very uh, fingertips. So how's your Sunday? <laughs> Welcome to episode 373 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, we got a palindrome episode this time. 373. Mm. Love to see him. Very rare, you know. Eh, not that rare, but yeah. Well, I mean, the next one will be... 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Yeah, so like, that's like once a quarter. Once every couple and a half months. Yeah. Anyways, special moment. We got a packed outline, so let's just jump right into it. Right off the bat, huge shout out to our new Very Important Pixels this week. Hey. We have got some fun pronunciations coming up. Here we go. <laughs> First one, huge shout out to Jordan Isip. Next one, uh, I was challenged to pronounce this correctly. I'm going to do my best here. This next one, uh, big shout out to Mate Reskake. Mate and I are buddies, but I've, I realized I've never said his last name out loud. Uh-huh. So in my head, it was always Reshak, but then I Googled okay. it and I think it's Reskake. Anyways, thanks, <laughs> we'll <Mate>. find out. <laughs> uh, huge shout out to Fabiano Souza, Darren Soulsby, Priscilla, Oscar Linger, Greg Corby, and this one's going to be fun. Tamara Didenko. Mm. I think I got the last name. This one was fun because Tamara reached out and said, it's like tomorrow, but with A's. And so I was like, Tamara? And then I was like, oh, it's like saying tomorrow, but Southern. <laughs> Tamara. Tamara. And then I Googled the last name. I think it's Didenko. But anyways, everyone... Y'all are awesome. Hope yes. we've got the pronunciation somewhat close, but thanks for supporting the show. Amazing. Thanks, everybody. If you didn't know, we're a listener-supported podcast, which means that listeners like you hearing these words right this moment actually support the show and make it possible for us to record this every single week. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash design details. And for just a dollar a month, you'll get access to a new supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Ooh. And The Sidebar is basically a second half of the episode we usually do an extra cool thing or an extra listener question or share a design tip or trick or a new app we're loving in today's episode we did a whole recap of the most recent apple event talking about the new m1 chips and the new Macs, and we give our first impressions of the new iphones marshall and i both upgraded to the 12s but on different ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. so if you want to hear our recap and first impressions of the new phones go to patreon.com slash design details and for just a dollar a month, you can start supporting us today. You'll get access to the whole backlog of sidebars and all sidebars going forward. So thank you to everyone who supported the show. That's patreon.com slash design details. Thanks, everybody. All right. Tiny bit of follow-up, Marshall. So last week, we recorded a very fun episode yeah. called Saving People from Themselves, where we had a nice brainstorm and talked about different design patterns that you can use to help people from making catastrophic mistakes. And I loved that episode. I love these like list kind of episodes. And, you know, I think we mentioned it in the moment, like, oh, this should probably be a blog post. Well, it is now a blog post. I went ahead and just basically took our notes, added some paragraphs, took some screenshots and put it up on my website with credits to the show and to you and to Divya Talk, who who proposed the question on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to read this, read a sort of articulation of last week's episode that's on my personal website at brianlevin.com. Cool. All right. 
main topic time. Let us do it. We got a listener question this week, Brian. You want me to read it? Yes. All right. This listener question comes from listener D left on our GitHub repository. He says, I am a graphic designer who wants to grow in his career. I want to change my job to either product design or development, unsure if front or back end. How should I decide which path to go down? Then he gives a little bit of extra info. He's 25, lives in New York. He's redesigned a couple of websites and designed landing pages at work. And he's been learning HTML, CSS, and JavaScript through online courses. He has a BFA in illustration, but pivoted to graphic design and uh, has yet to try a traditional design thinking UX project. Okay, so that's the setup, Brian. Uh, then he has some questions that make him hesitate about transferring over to these things. So uh, I guess we can go through these questions one at a time. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So before we even start on the questions, though, I kind of just want to have an opening monologue here, okay. which is, it's the way I read this question. It felt a little bit to me like this person hasn't even figured out what they like doing yet. Mm. Because the difference between product design and development, and then within development, being unsure about front end or back end. <laughs> night and day. Like, these are night and day kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so where I wanted to start is maybe this isn't necessarily a path that you have to commit to and go down, but rather you should take a few steps down each path, explore around a little bit, try them all, have fun, yeah. figure out what are the things that you wake up excited to do more of. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's the back end because they love the beauty of, of just the pure code element. Some people love the front end, being able to actually bring something to life. And some people just love the product design, the more generalist, like how do we actually make products successful and deliver value to customers and solve their problems and talk to people and you know all of the sub work that goes into that. But I, I would try them all. And mm -hmm. I, I would say don't commit to something that you haven't even figured out if you like. So do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, how I know I'm in the right position is because I wake up every morning excited to do my job. Yes. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. I think we let's okay. Now it's time. Let's go through each of these questions because I think these questions are good and, and might help color in the edges a little bit. Yeah. All right. First one says, as a product designer, is it uncomfortable that developers earn a higher salary? Yeah. Uncomfortable. Well, first off, we should say this is true. Developers in general earn a higher salary than a designer, all other things being equal. Do you agree? I agree. It is true. I kind of wanted to asterisk it and be like, there are still opportunities in design to make lots of money. Oh, yeah. Like when you get into the range where it just doesn't matter anymore. Like you can be a designer at the upper level earning as much as many, many kinds of developers. Yes. And the only people who might be further ahead of you are like developers at the exact same level or slightly ahead, right? Like exactly. It's possible to be totally comfortable doing both. Yes, it is. Yeah. We make less we still make a lot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Not worth complaining about. So is it uncomfortable? Not really. And I think part of the reason for that is engineers have to deal with a lot of bullshit that we don't have to deal with. Our jobs are a lot more fun than developers' jobs uh, in general. Uh, do you agree? Well, I mean, that's us, right? Like, this is what's fun for us. And this is going back to the first point is like, whatever is fun for you, the money will be this like, it will become the side effect of just getting up and doing the thing that's fun every day. Yeah, yeah. maybe the things that I think are, are not fun bullshit that I mentioned, like maybe those are fun for you, but the, the idea of 
thinking about handoffs and and losing connectivity and all the different edge cases of like things that could go wrong in code. Uh, I'll just design dialogues to deal with what it looks like when those bad things happen. I don't want to have to iron out actually making them work. That's uh-huh. a lot of not fun stuff to do, in my opinion, right? Like, uh-huh. but maybe yeah. that is fun for you. In which case, like, that's the thing you should pursue. But yeah, I, yeah, same, same for me. Cool. So, next question: Can a product designer be taken seriously as a founder? Ooh, that's a good question, and I think there are a couple really good examples of founding designers. One being Airbnb. And the other being YouTube, the place where I work. So uh, yeah, it happens. I mean, I, I think it's rare that it's just a design founder. Usually it's it's more than that. Maybe Brian, you could talk about uh, supplementary help. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of startups want to have some version of the trifecta, which would be like a combination of engineering skills, design skills, and some sort of like business or product skills. That's where you get into unicorn territory if someone can do all three of those things. Mm-hmm. But generally, yeah, like, uh, and it depends on the the startup as well. Like, certain kinds of companies lend themselves more to to being really friendly or or needing a early design founder. Whereas, if you're doing something in machine learning or artificial intelligence or neural networks or cryptocurrency, like, I don't know, maybe maybe the design is something that comes later. Yeah. So depending on the the thing, yeah, absolutely. I would I would also add like just as a sort of proxy to understand this, there are venture capital and and seed and angel investors that invest specifically in design founders. Like there is a market for venture capitalists who want design founders, Mm -hmm. which tells you that there's a class of, of people out there that find design founders to be really valuable and worth investing in because they believe it can add, build a higher chance of success for that company. So a few examples would be designer fund, combine and form capital, I don't think any of them are exclusive to design founders, but they certainly mark themselves to be design founder friendly. Yeah, I I think we live in a day and age now where no one takes design for granted anymore. It's an integral part of any product that you build because we're all spoiled by good design now. Yeah. All right. Do founding designers receive fair equity in startups? That is a very much an it depends question, Mm. I think. I just said yes, totally possible. Like design founders can totally receive the correct amount of equity in a company depending on when they join, the the risk that they're taking, the responsibility they play in the formation of the company, the mm-hmm. impact of design on, on the outcome for that company. And I would say, you know, like what you were just saying, Marshall, it's become more and more a given fact that design plays a role in helping people decide what products they want to use, where they're going to spend their money. And so more startups are realizing that and giving equity to recognize that. Yep. Okay, next question. Is it hard to go from being a product designer to being a developer or vice versa? Yeah, this is a really good question. And you probably have a better chance of explaining it than I do. But yeah. Well, I I would say it makes it easier. Like if you can do one of the skills, because we are building software and software requires all of these things to come together into a single thing that gets shipped. If you can do multiple roles or you at least have context across multiple roles it makes it way easier to switch between the two like if you know how an iphone app gets built you're going to have a way more informed process when you are designing an iphone app Mm -hmm. and actually you know this reminded me gets back into like i think there is a false dichotomy here about like being a product designer or being a developer because it's not always the case that you have to choose between these two things there is a hybrid path that is totally viable 
and that's called a UX engineer. Mm-hmm. And this role exists at many companies. They work usually across the entire stack, probably slightly more weighted to the front end, mm-hmm. uh, maybe slightly more towards like prototyping, but certainly in the weeds with design and figuring out great user experiences, but just having the skills and technical competency to actually build the thing and prototype it out. So, yep. I've worked uh, very closely with UX engineers who came from both the engineer side and from the UX side. And yeah, it's it's the sign of someone who cares as much about design as they do the code. Yeah. All right. Final question. Is product design a satisfying career? Yes, sir. Totally unbiased answers coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Personal opinion only, but boy, oh boy. I love my job, Brian. It's very satisfying. And, and you know, specifically that word of like, yeah, it's, it's satisfying. It's gratifying. I, f- I feel like I'm doing something somewhat meaningful. Like the, the chance to be responsible for at least a part of something that millions or even billions of people see and use on a regular basis is really cool. Like that's super satisfying in my opinion. I agree. I, I find it. It just sits at this place where there are always new problems to solve. You're never done. Mm-hmm. Things are never finished. Mm-hmm. If you ever feel like you're stagnating or not growing, it's because you're not looking hard enough for the opportunities to grow and challenge yourself and do better and be better at anything that a product design role requires. That could be everything from the pixel craft to prototyping to user research to product development and strategy. Like there's just so many things that you can really flex at and, and maybe even like sub specialize within this broader umbrella of product design. It's just like this huge opportunity pool that you can swim in forever. And so Mm -hmm. that for me is really exciting. And anytime I do feel like I'm getting bored, I'm like, Oh, okay. Don't get bored because I should just go try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike other creative fields where there's a clear end to the work, uh, when you work on a product, it it never ends unless you get shut down or run out of money. But like uh, assuming people keep using your product, there's always more stuff to do. There's always more polish to add and more ways to grow. Love it. Cool. Well, hopefully that answered your question, D-Left. Yeah, hopefully that was a a useful answer and we we got into all those bullet points. If anyone else has questions about this, please feel free to tweet at us, designdetails.fm, or you can open an issue on our GitHub repo at github.com slash designdetails slash designdetails. Slash designdetails slash designdetails slash... (laughs) Wait, when do I stop? It's like banana. B-A-N-A-N-A. When do I stop? (laughs) Cool. Well, let's do some cool things, Brian. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, hit me. Okay. I have a bit of a dual part cool thing this week, and I'm going back to my safe space of YouTube videos So and video games. There's a lot of overlap here, Brian. Um, so this one, uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I watch a lot of indie game developer like devlogs on YouTube. And it's really Mm -hmm. cool because basically anybody can make a game today. Like as long as you can code and you have a little bit of art talent, you you can make a game. There's a lot of really cool platforms out there that do a lot of the work for you. But I'm always impressed by people who kind of roll their own thing and at the same time document it and share it with everybody else. So one of the series that I stumbled upon recently has just gotten started, but the the videos are doing very, very well. And I think he's only made three videos, but he's already got like 3,000 subscribers after three videos, which is pretty impressive. Um, the guy's name is Robert Thompson. 
Not to be confused with one of my colleagues at YouTube, Robert Thompson. He's a Thompson. This is just a Thompson. Anyways, uh, he's making this game, and it's very much movement-based. So if you ever played a 3D Mario game, the move set that's available for Mario there, from everything from like, you know, triple jumping and long jumping to like ground pounding and like wall jumping, uh-huh. all that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, he's he's really leveraging a lot of those existing types of movement patterns that we expect from from a 3D platformer, but he's adding in a bunch of other stuff and making this really movement heavy game. At the same time, he's a great character animator and modeler, and so the style that he's chosen for this game is uh, inspired by a subreddit that I didn't know it existed. This is the other half of the, the cool thing, which is called uh, it's, it's Mobile Frame Zero, which is uh, a subreddit composed entirely of pictures of tiny, tiny little robots made out of little pieces of Lego or whatever, like these little mechs, but they're all real, real tiny. So it's, <laughs> okay. this, it's cool, chunky, cute aesthetic, uh-huh. and that's the aesthetic he's bringing to the game. Uh, and like I said, at the same time, he's a really great character animator. So all of these different movement actions, he has really expressive animation going in and out of them. And there's cool yeah. little idols and stuff. And he talks through every single step of this thing as he's going along. And, and it's really there's some memes and stuff, which makes the videos uh, more fun to watch, too. But in general, I've been really enjoying it. It's just getting started to, and there's a there's a ton of other ones out there. If you if you're into this type of thing, this is very cool. I'm I'm just kind of as you're talking, I'm playing a video in the background. It's sure. very pretty. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, like expressive. I guess maybe not pretty. It's, it feels very prototypey, but um, like the jump animations. Wow, yeah, this is cool. And the thing I like about this one particularly is he's getting into that fun kind of polished stuff because that's the fun part for him. Super early. Normally, it's just like, you know, gray squares and blocks and everything is just like inch art um, until the later stages when you do the polish. He's kind of polishing as he goes along. So he's basically putting in final animations very, very early so that he can get the feel right. Mm, This is nice. Yeah. Okay. cool. Enjoy. MFZ, Mobile Frame Zero and uh, Robert Thompson. Links in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Cool thing. Well, my cool thing this week is an app, which is uh, new. I think they came out of beta two weeks ago, and it's called Raycast, raycast.com. Okay. And here's how I would describe this. This is like Alfred, but for developers. Mm. So instead of interfacing exclusively with your file system and applications on your computer, you get the same kind of interface, spotlighty type interface, but you are interfacing with GitHub or Jira or whatever your issue tracker is. And it is very pretty. The interactions are nice. The website's great, but the app itself is great too. There's some really cool patterns that they found for taking a spotlight-like interface and giving it some hierarchy because you can sort of traverse down through like child views. You know, right, it's got like, backstack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the visual design, the interaction design is cool. And you know, if anyone's interested in poking at that, I would recommend giving this a download. I think it's free. I mean, even the website is worth taking a peek at. It's really nice. Yeah, very pretty. So Raycast. Yeah, is it, is it just integrating with APIs? Because it looks like you can like create 
a new pull request or something straight from this interface. It's all, yeah. You basically log in with GitHub and then they're putting an interface on top of the GitHub API. Cool. Yeah, even got to-dos and stuff in here. This is rad. Yeah. Cool thing, Brian. Cool things all around. Well, let's wrap. This has been episode 373 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Marshall Bach. <laughs> oh, shit. Welcome back. <laughs> Wait, I'm stuck in a loop, Brian. Shit. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Of course, if you are enjoying the show, please consider supporting us directly on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash design details. For just a dollar a month, you get access to basically the second half of this episode. Uh, today, we talked about the Apple event, recapping the new Macs and the new M1 chip, and we shared our first impressions after getting the new iPhones. So get access to that, all of our backlog sidebar segments, and all future episodes with the sidebar built in going forward. That starts for just a dollar a month at patreon.com slash design details. Once again, thank you to everyone who's uh, supporting us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. All right. Otherwise, uh, tweet at us, get at us. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Mm, the classic. Back to the basics. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic yeah. flavor right there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And the, I wonder if, uh, I bet lo- new listeners are like, what the fuck is going on at the end of episodes? <laughs> yeah. Traditionally, I used to say bye. And then uh, it's evolved over the years. But going yeah. back to the classic. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun with it. <laughs>